Welcome, friends. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Our team exists to resource, inspire, and create disciple makers, and we are fired up that you chose to engage with this broadcast today. Now, just a reminder, this is a product of you all giving to the cooperative program through your local church. So thank you for doing that. Now, today I'm joined by my boss, one of my bosses, Mark Marshall. He is our assistant executive director for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And um, one of the big reasons why I was willing to make the shift to go from Louisiana to Georgia. Uh, so, Mark, thank you for being with us today. And for those of you that are watching right now, we love to give great resource. We love to create conversations that lead to change, but we also like to give away free swag. So, if you're watching this, uh, on Facebook, make sure that you drop a comment below with where you're watching from and you'll be entered into that drawing for some free product at the end of the broadcast. So Mark, buddy, thanks for being here with us. We've got a, a fun topic today that we're going to be talking about with a new members class and, and we're not forgetting that we're in the middle of a pandemic. We got a lot that's happening and we got a lot of churches that would say, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time people getting people to come to church and that sort of thing. But this new member class or a discovery class, even right now, uh, can go a long way for churches that choose to use that well. So let's give a little background on you, buddy. Tell us about Leanne and the girls, the family. Yeah, I'm married to, uh, thanks, Scott. And, and by the way, thanks for thanks for having me on here. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun. So uh, something I'm passionate about and have been for years. Um, married to Leanne. And uh, Leanne and I have two daughters. They are both grown. Um, Tiffany is our oldest. Tiffany was serving as a missionary in India when COVID hit. She's home. She's with us right now trying to figure out what's next chapter in her life. But uh, it's good to have her in our home right now. We're enjoying that, that season. Um, and then Brittany. Brittany is our youngest. Uh, she is married to a student pastor, uh, Josh. Uh, Josh Duncan and um, Josh's student pastor, First Baptist Church, Taylor's, South Carolina. And they have our only grandchild. That's the most important thing about them right now is they have our only grandchild, Sayla. And she is a joy. She turns four Thursday. So um, we're in a really fun stage right now, just being able to kind of hang out with them. So I'm only, only about two hours from home. We're right there in their in their living room. So. So great. That's what my dad told me when we started having kids. He said, man, if I'd have known grandkids were that much fun, I'd have had them first. Absolutely, man. Nothing beats grandparenting. I can tell you that. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, but again, thanks for being on with us today. And um, and really, you are one of those two, the two people, you know, that I connected with in coming here that gave me that confidence that we were coming to something that was large, that was bigger than life. And, and thanks for what you do in the organization in helping Thomas lead one of the biggest shifts that any convention has ever tried to attempt. So uh, there's a lot of good that can come from that. We appreciate what you do. Now, you, um, you served as pastor for many years and the latest stint that you were um, as a pastor was there at the Glade Church in Mount Juliet there in Tennessee, right? Give us a little background of that church, just kind of a brief so that when we start chewing on this, people know a context of what you're talking about when we talk about a pathway and we talk about a, a new member class. Okay. Um, Glade Church is on the east side of Nashville, east of the airport, sits right on the edge of the suburbs out toward the rural setting. There's a 
guy that had been there about 27 years as pastor before I went there and had done a great job leading them to grow to a pretty sizable church uh, before before we arrived. But um, it is a it is a church really has a a reputation in the community for serving the community and a lot of um, community service kinds of ministries. We gave away automobiles, that kinds of thing. Um, so that was the reputation of the church when I got there. Discipleship and kind of the process of discipleship, pathway of discipleship, not really their strong suit. So it was kind of our, felt like it was our piece to sort of bring to the table when we went there. Really cool. Uh, I want to mention a quote right here before I ask this first question. I was reading David Kinneman, uh, who's president of the Barna Group, but also one of our keynotes at Spark coming in August. We're excited about that. Yeah, man, fired up. We just just inked that contract and excited for David to be with us. Well, he was, uh, I was reading this this email blog and basically it was, it was one of the, the top 10 posts that they had put out. One of those was called the five trends defining Americans relationship to the church. And in that blog, he says that their research showed that churchgoers currently admit that they believe people are tired of church as usual. Now, in one of his blogs, he mentions that in 2000, 45% of church attenders were considered practicing Christians, 45%, okay? And then when you get to 2020, that 45% is now 25% of church attenders are called or considered practicing Christians. So, man, as we talk about this new member class and, and pathways, and, and we're going to be talking about lots of different elements of disciple making in the next 12 months. This can't be overstated. The numbers are tanking like we have never seen, at least in our lifetime. I mean, there have been some dark ages and that sort of thing, but we've got to figure out a better way to do what we do with the most important message the world has ever known, and that is Jesus, how we can have yeah. that relationship and how we can make disciples. So when we look at that as our kind of our backdrop, um, do you have a plan? When you're at Mount Juliet, you you have one of the great disciple-making minds of pastors. One of the things that I appreciated about you is that you were a pastor, but you were a disciple-making pastor. Okay, you weren't the guy who just said, I'm just going to preach from the pulpit. That's all I want to do. You genuinely wanted to make disciples. So tell us about this. Tell us about your plan of how new members would come to be a member of the church, how they might go through a new member class, and just how all that fit together for you. Okay. We would, uh, we would offer a, a discovery class is what we called it. Uh, we felt like there would be people that would come to the class that would kind of take a look at everything, sort of look under the hood. That was the opportunity to do that. As to who we were as a church, um, we would describe the expectations of church members, uh, which we felt was very important. We believed, I believe, um, wholeheartedly that whatever you do to reach people, uh, will be what you do to keep people. And so if we set the bar too low as they come in, um, the expectations were low, then they would, uh, they would see it as low expectations for church members. And we really wanted to elevate that, not so that we would gain, but so that they would gain, so that we would be able to, to invest in their lives. And so we, we would offer about, depending on the season of the church. So in the summer, it may be only two per summer that we would offer a, a class or a discovery group um, on a Sunday morning. And uh, then uh, the rest of the year, fall 
into the winter that may pick up so that we were doing it at least once a month, kind of depending. We, we would watch sort of the flow of the visitors, the guests that we were having coming in and registering them. And um, one of the very helpful things for us on that was we contacted every single one. We had a lady on staff who contacted every single one of those to help them understand how important Discovery class was. So Discover the Glade is what we called it, the Glade Church. And uh, we did everything we could to encourage people to be a part of that. And sometimes that group would be as large as 40, 45, 50 people. Sometimes that group would be much less than that, maybe 10 or 12 people that would be in there. Again, depending on the season of the church. But we just felt it was important to keep that in front of our people. Uh, I would I would use that. that. That would be one of the key things that I would talk about. You know, every pastor kind of has sort of the, I don't know, what you may want to call their favorites as they get up maybe to preach. And here's what we're going to, you know, here's what I'm willing to spend the first 90 seconds on. And that was always one for me. And I was always going to be doing that because we knew we needed to get people engaged right there on the front end as fast as possible. Um, so it was a, it was a chance for them to see what the church was about. Uh, it was a chance for me to share the gospel. I always share the gospel in discovery class. Hmm. It would be brief. It'd be the bridge illustration, or it'd be three circles. Those were the two that I used more than any other. And uh, then we would talk about the church itself, kind of the ministries, philosophy, the uh, disciples pathway, and how you jump on that pathway and that kind of thing. So um, we would do that, but it always gave me a chance. And I found this probably as, as important as anything was to be able to talk about baptism and why baptism was important to us because as a lot of Baptist churches now, we had people coming from so many different faith backgrounds and they'd have a relationship with Christ, but their baptism history was a little different than we would, we would prefer that they have. And so it gave me a chance to be able to enter that conversation right there uh, on the spot. That's really good, Mark, because what, what, what you're talking about here are expectations, right? What we've noted on, on our team as we have been researching and gathering best practices is that unmet expectations is one of the biggest reasons people leave the church. Everybody comes with baggage, right? Their understanding of what church was or what it should be. And when they don't get that, doesn't meet their expectation. A lot of people walk away from that. So in your church, two things I heard you say that I think are really important. One is that you gave energy and time and facial recognition to the process, to that, um, that discovery class. And I've always said that the pastor can either be the ceiling or remove the ceiling mm. on church growth through that uh, new member class, depending on how they, they see that. So, man, gosh, that's just really good. Now, okay, we've alluded to this for a second, but give us, give us a snapshot because you talked about, because you guys had a pathway. So if somebody comes to your church and they go through your discovery class, right. you would explain to them, okay, if you come to be a member of our church, here's expectations, but here's also an intentional pathway that we hope that you would follow. Share a little bit, because that's one of the growing sentiments in Georgia is people understanding that they've got to have, not assume people are going to be discipled. They've got to have an intentional pathway. Yeah. And so the pathway really became, um, it, it was a prominent part of our logo, a prominent part of our brand that we put out there. And we had three simple steps that and, and there was nothing magical to this everybody can figure out something close to this probably anyway but we did feel it was important to keep it simple um 
and, and something that you could quickly explain to somebody as to what they need to do next. And for us, it was simply encounter, which was kind of the vertical aspect, the worship aspect, and then equip, which was anything around not only our discipling uh, groups or our discipleship groups, um, but also our leadership development piece. It all fit right there in the middle of that. And then the last would be engage, which I said already, the Glade was heavily involved in our community. And so we, we put that out there as a priority as you came into the church that you can't just come to the Glade and sit. Uh, we yeah. are busy constantly uh, serving our community. Our school is almost right next door, the elementary school. They were building a middle school there. Uh, so we, we had a lot of ways to engage our community. And so we want it simply to be encounter, equip, engage. If you go today, I would like to think that most of the members that are at the Glade today, and they're still using the same three steps in a disciple's pathway, uh, are those same three steps. And a part of that, uh, again, a part of the equip was really probably the more complex piece of that. But one of the things we did, um, Scott, was we, we backed up and looked at our facility as people would enter our facility. We felt like the most important thing as people come onto the property or into the building, uh, certainly they, we had all, all of our greeters and those kinds of things out there, but um, we, we would put the question up everywhere, what's next or next steps uh, for you? And so we had a, uh, an area in our foyer, it was a pretty big foyer, had an area there for people to come and sort of discuss with somebody Hey, look, I've already been to worship. What do I do now? What do I do next? And um, one of the things that may be key there, Scott, is we had several channels to be able to get to your next step if your next step happened to be discover the glade. You could, and we talked about this at the end of a service. Hey, if you're interested in uh, knowing more about the glade, we've got something called discover the glade. It's coming up on January the 30th. Uh, please stop by the what's next table out outside in the foyer and we'd have people there could, could explain it also on the card they would fill out on a sunday they didn't feel comfortable going talking to somebody they could simply check i'm interested in going that was always on the new cards we'd put out it's in they could uh, they could always check hey i want to be a part of that next class or that next group um, anytime they would talk to one of our staff our staff knew they were trained what you want to do first, make sure they get to discover the glade. So it was a big piece and really the first step to kind of get you on this pathway of encounter, equip, and engage. Really good. Really good. I was talking to a pastor um, two weeks ago, I think, and we were talking about growth and things that were happening in the church and a little bit of this discovery class idea. And he was, he was relaying his frustrations and he was talking about how, man, I'm so ready to get back to where, you know, some, some normalcy. Well, people come to church and, and that sort of thing. And he said, I, I'm going I'm to do one of these new member classes once we get back to, you know, church as normal. And I, and I just, my statement to him is, um, I said, friend, you got to do what you can with what you have where you are. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, anybody who's writing right now, New Off, uh, uh, Kinnaman, all of those groups are saying the same thing. We're not going back to where we are. That's right. We're going back to what I call the new different, right? You know, and um, so when you think about that, 
And we, and we are, that's why we're doing this. We're encouraging churches, find a way to have that discovery class, to do this new member class, to get information, build your culture the way you want it to be. Now, let's say um, they engage with us. I've got a four session document I've already written that churches can use. I'm giving it out free. We've probably sent it to over a hundred churches in Georgia already uh, since I've been here. And we're going to put a link in this broadcast as well. But if they do it, Mark, Let's talk about just for a second, what are some benefits that you saw at the Glade Church for people who came through it, but also benefits for the church of people coming through this um, intentional class? Well, it's, I mean, for the person that comes through it, first of all, they're going to hear the gospel. If, the, if they haven't had a clear presentation of the gospel, we found many, many, we found a number of people that even came out of Southern Baptist churches who are like, I don't even know that that's really the the step that I've taken. Maybe I need to start there. Uh, they had a clear understanding of baptism from us, uh, what that looked like. They had a, a clear understanding of what is it going to feel like if I become a member of this church? Like, what, what are you going to, um, what are you going to help me do? Because we made a big deal out of, we really want to help you grow in your faith. We do not want you coming to sit. Uh, so there were clear expectations on the front end. Um, some people may like this, some may not, but we introduced them to here are four ways that you can give at the Glade Church, um, text and online uh, website, et cetera, et cetera. So we would, we would lay that out there for them. And so we didn't say we expect you to give, but we did say, hey, this is an important part. And we're, you know, this is how the kingdom is resourced is through you. And so gave us a chance to do just a brief thing on giving. Um, so for the person coming in, then we could also say, uh, and we would do this. We would bring some staff in, introduce some staff real quick to them. So if you had a teenager student, you're going to meet the student pastor. If you had children, you're going to meet children's minister as well. So we would allow, we, we would bring them in intentionally to let them begin to see faces and names and, hey, this is where you go next and that kind of thing. So we really felt like it was a good place for them to begin to learn about who we were. We even talked about our leadership pipeline and why that's important for us. And here's how you get engaged in it, that kind of thing as well. So um, for us as a church, it helped us set culture. Um, mm. If you have a low expectation coming in, you're going to have a low expectation church. Uh, just about anybody jumps over the bar. And it, you know, the people come in, don't really have a relationship with Christ. And next thing you know, it's all kinds of problems. Um, so it allowed us to really set culture talk about our vision, why we were unique, why we felt like we were unique, why God had put us there. And so that's a cultural issue uh, to begin to deal with on the front end. So it filtered out some problems, maybe, if you want to say it that way, yeah. on the front end where people, you know, we could always go back and say, wait, that's not what we explained to you and discover the glade. We're not that church. We're this church. So things you brought from your old church, Maybe you've got a good idea or two, willing to listen, but here's why we do it the way we do it. Um, it also allowed us to begin to engage people early so that, you know, next step or the next thing for us after Discover the Glade, uh, you said, hey, I want to be a member and that kind of stuff. We immediately began kind of encouraging you. You need to be a part of this next group that's going to help you discover where you're going to serve. And you know, Rick Warren started all this kind of stuff years ago on some of this. We tried to give it our own flavor and that kind of stuff, but we did want to help people find that place to serve 
and uh, and get them plugged in as soon as possible. The next thing we would we would do is, um, depending again on the season of the church and how many we're attending and that kind of thing, we could begin new groups coming right out of Discover the Glade. Uh, we'd say, look, we're starting a group next week, a discipleship group. If you're interested in being in that group, sign right here or check that particular box, actually. Check that box, and we're going to be in touch with you this week. Well, new leader, new group, immediately they've got 10 people, eight people that are interested in a group, and boom, we have a group that is up and running. So uh, it allowed us to begin to assimilate people a little better and help them begin to build those relationships that they needed to build coming in. So many benefits. And Mark, the majority of churches in America, which is also true here in Georgia, are smaller churches mm-hmm. with one staff member, a pastor, or bivocational. Some of them don't even have full-time. I mean, yeah. uh, hundreds of them. It's, it's a bivocational pastor working really hard. So one of the questions we get is, and you're talking this language and you, you got all this stuff, you're doing a four session class or one or three sessions or whatever. And man, that's, that's for the big church. That's for the churches that, that have the dollars who got a full staff, they can relegate that responsibility to somewhere, someone else. But Mark, I want to hear, I want, I mean, I want to, I want our viewers and our uh, people that are engaging uh, that are watching and listening to remember this, this is not just for the large church. Right. There are larger churches that are doing it and they're benefiting from it. But there are smaller churches. Matter of fact, some of you guys that are watching this right now, I want you to comment. Let people know that you have this new member class at your church in some of these smaller contexts so that folks can ask you questions about it. And I'd love for you to share in the comments, uh, some of you that are engaging about what are the benefits that you're seeing at your church in your context, because this is not a just a large church um, thing that, that can happen here. Um, let me let me move to one more question here, Mark, because Kerry Newoff uh, said this, nothing will go back quite to normal. Nothing. It's going to be different. So if we, we think that it's that it's not going back to normal and we are talking about how this new member class or discovery class is important. So let's talk about this. A lot of our churches aren't having face-to-face or they're struggling with face-to-face. So let's give some guidance here that churches would say, okay, all right, you convince me. I need to have a new member class. I need to have a discovery class. How can I do it when my people don't want to come face-to-face? What kind of options are you seeing out there? One of the things that, that that I've seen, and this would go to smaller churches, but also just in a time of pandemic, is guys that just do as much as they can face-to-face. You don't have a big Right now, we're not seeing a lot of, you know, first-time guests show up on a Sunday. It's just not how it's working, at least not in face-to-face. Uh, they may be online, so you have an opportunity online. I would say one of the things you can do online is if you have any interest at all, if you're, if you're going to do a class, first of all, you can offer by Zoom or some technology uh, that, that class. Uh, the great thing about that is it's flexible. Uh, you can put it any night, any time, any day. Um, but as a single staff pastor out there in a small church, if I'm online, if I can, if I can simply say, if you would like to learn more about the Glade church, if that's where I was pastoring, if you'd like to learn more about this church, uh, I would very much like to meet you in person. And I think for a pastor, he can kind of get in his mind, here are the things I'm going to talk about. 
I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to talk about baptism, talk about uniqueness of our church. And uh, then I'm going to get to know you. Those things right there. I can do that one-on-one. I can do that me and a couple at lunch. Um, I have done that over the years when we weren't quite as, uh, we didn't have it down quite as much as we did at the Glade Church. I did a lot of that where I'm basically doing a discover group or class in person, or I could do that. Uh, and when I say in person, I mean at a lunch or a meal or whatever it happens to be. And uh, I could also do that uh, just online like this, FaceTime. Um, hey, I'll FaceTime uh, you and your wife. If you'd like me to do that, I'll FaceTime you Tuesday night at seven o'clock. But I've got a plan going into that conversation. Here's some things I need to let them know about our church. And then I'd love to get to know them. I think it's a great opportunity for a pastor to be able to just begin to connect with people. Um, so I do think it's it's a little bit all of the above. But, I, you know, you're online already, many of us, on Sundays. Maybe there's a place you can put out there. Here's the next Discover group we're going to have. It's going to be on this time and date. If you're interested, email me, and we'll get the information to you as to how you can get on that call. Or... I'd love to just FaceTime you one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Let me know when we can best do that. That's really good. And that's why another reason why our consultants exist living in the regions. For those who aren't online, we can help you get there. Yeah. If you want to start one of these discovery classes, we can help you set that up. Matter of fact, I can give you the four-session uh, mm -hmm. option there for free. Um, and now, now one of the other things that I've seen is some pre-recorded videos. Um, I'm interested if anybody who's watching has tried pre-recorded, you know, giving information about the church, giving the gospel, that sort of thing. It seems a little more um, impersonal, a little less personal. So I don't know how that was going, but I'd love if any of you are watching, if you've tried that, to comment below. Um, I did hear Mark, um, not, I mean, this is probably four months ago, uh, a group that was looking for larger outdoor areas where they could meet and have these classes with their pastor, kind of an open door type of open uh, air type of thing. And uh, where they could social distance, air flowing, that sort of thing. I thought that was interesting. And yeah. then uh, we do have several pastors that are doing what you talked about, where they just, they're having some of these one-on-one -on -one with a pastor um, yeah. and they're in an office with a family or with a person or with a couple. I know Craig Dale at Ivy Creek, if any of you are interested in that model, Craig's been doing that for years and it is his preferred model. Um, and then another one that I haven't tried, but I heard, and I think it's interesting, but I, so I'd love to know if anybody's doing this, it's an at-home study. So the pastor has some pre-recorded videos and they've got a booklet that basically as you're watching, you're filling in answers, you're working through some. So when you finish that class, you go over that with the pastor. So really just interesting. So, but Mark, thanks for coming on with this, man. This is such a huge topic. We've got to figure out a way to, to do it better. Any concluding thoughts you would have? Uh, I don't, I don't know of anything except I would just encourage you and, and what you said a minute ago, Scott, about doing what you can with what you have, where you are right now. I think it is so big, uh, right now. And I know guys are, you know, discouraged and frustrated and boy, I can't see I want people right now and that kind of thing. But I, I would just encourage our pastors, um, and look, look for where God is at work and what God is doing. God's doing some new things and, uh, and just allow God to, to guide you through all of that. And, and uh, you know, whatever we do, we're still to make disciples. And so we want to we get everybody off to a good start. 
I do think a new members class or discovery class is the best, best thing I've found to do that over the years that, that uh, I served as pastor. Absolutely. So friends, this, uh, this idea of doing a new member class, um, love to know in the comments, if you're using this, make sure you let us know where you're watching from or listening from. And I will leave us with a thought. Will Mancini, I'm reading his book, Future Church, which is one of the most impactful books that I've read. Um, I probably try to read one every two, takes me about two weeks to read a book, but in the last three months, it's the most impactful book that I am reading so far. And he makes this comment, it's called Future Church. He said, the flood of a movement is typically preceded by overflowing tributaries. So that when you have a movement, it creates this flood that just overwhelms people and overwhelms processes. But if you look at the flood, there was always tributaries that were working, that flooded, that created that. So what we're doing in, in Georgia Baptist life is trying to figure out what uh, tributaries we can invest in to create this movement. They can create this flood. And um, this idea of a new member class is one of those, but I, I wrote a, a piece called the Watershed Principle, and it is the core piece of who we are as Georgia Baptist Discipleship, and I'm going to be uploading that piece by piece starting next week, talking through the Watershed Principle. So we hope that you will listen, view in, share that, because I do believe it's groundbreaking and it can help your church. So basically the watership principle is this, the six main streams in a church that must be healthy for the church to be healthy. We're going to take each of those streams, break it out. Friends, thanks for engaging with us today. Mark Marshall, my boss, my friend, thanks for being awesome, giving some guidance here today. And as always, we pray for those of you who are watching and listening that you will reinvest the gospel seed that was shared with you. Thanks.